0: Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey, I'm your host, James Bell, and it is my pleasure to bring you this bonus episode. And to help me set it up, I have in the studio, Elizabeth Pringer, one of the co-founders of FemHealth Founders. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, let's start with this setup by you sharing about FemHealth Founders. Will you tell our audience about FemHealth Founders?
1: I would love to. FemHealth Founders is an organization based in Northwest Arkansas, right here in Bentonville. We're creating a women's health innovation hub right here in the heartland, focused on entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs based in the heartland states who are creating solutions in women's health and wellness and providing them with resources that they need to grow and scale their businesses.
0: Awesome. So, do you have a target number of companies that you're creating?
1: We do. We have a hairy, audacious goal of elevating 50 companies by 2026.
0: Well, that's impressive. So, why did you choose Bentonville for this program?
1: Bentonville right now is just on fire with its entrepreneurial support. Obviously, the city was built on entrepreneurship and it seemed like the right place for our founders to come and find the resources that they need to grow and scale their businesses and the support for our organization in particular has been incredibly just heartwarming
0: wonderful well will you share what this uh, what this episode is about
1: i'm really excited about this episode we get to hear from the founders who have participated in our inaugural cohort for the fem health accelerator program sharing the stories of what they're building and the solutions that they're bringing to market and these massive problems that they're solving in women's health and wellness. We're really proud to be a part of these founders journey and just really excited for them to be able to share their story with Bentonville.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing those stories. But before we jump into them, will you share a story? And the story I'm looking for is a hashtag because Bentonville story. It would be a story or a moment, something that happened where you looked at it and you thought, you know, that could only happen here or it describes the essence of Bentonville?
1: I think when I think of the because Bentonville moment for me, it was probably thanks to you, James Bell. When I was, you were mentoring me and hearing about all of the challenges that I was facing as a woman entrepreneur in women's health and wellness, and you immediately said, you have to meet this person. This woman here in Bentonville, she's a FemTech founder. You guys can really do some damage together. And you made the personal introduction at the Women's Business Conference um, about two years ago. And when you introduced me to April Roy, it just set in motion this massive movement that now today is Hill Founders. And it could not have happened anywhere else but Bentonville.
0: That's great to hear. Thank you so much. I'll send you a check for the plug.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'll take it.
0: Hey, thanks, Elizabeth. (laughs) And and here we go. Check out these stories from the inaugural cohort of FemL Founders. Let me introduce you to Ja'Kai Johnson from Wellmiss, an Atlanta-based company. Ja'Kai, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Glad to have you here. Uh, What should the Bentonville Beacon audience know about you?
2: Ah, well, I will say this: I'm initially from New York, so the Big Apple. Currently live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a mom. I'm a mom of three boys. I'm still hoping to have a girl one day. Um, And I'll say something unique about me is I've traveled to about 27 countries, um, with Ghana and Chile being some of my favorites. And so I've had a chance to see. Women, their trauma, and just how it's affected so many people worldwide. But it's given me a really interesting worldly view.
0: That's cool. What's your favorite country that you've traveled to?
2: Ghana was one of my favorite. I'll say it's hard because Ghana was just, it felt like home. It was home. It was like, yeah. it was literally home. It was like, once you touch that soil, I felt like, like, this is, this is where my ancestors came from, you wow. know? Yeah. Um, and then, but I'll even say this too, when I went to the Love in Paris, It's such a a beautiful architecture. The architecture is so beautiful that I just dropped to the ground, even in Paris. I got this from Paris, too, this hat. Um, But I dropped to the ground there because it was so beautiful to take it in. So there's so many beautiful countries. Barcelona, another good one. But I'll lastly say Chile. Chile, because the people are still so, they're resilient. They've been through a lot. 9-11 9-11 for us in New York. They had their own 9-11 that lasted for 10 years with the regime. Mm. And so they suffered a lot collectively due trauma. And so they're still such a beautiful group of people that it was so amazing to see so much beauty, so much happiness in that country.
0: Wow. Share with us then about, well, Miss, what's the problem that you solve and who do you solve it for? And then how are you doing that?
2: Yeah, well, really. Um, I told you earlier I'm a mom, and so Wellness was really born after um, the unexpected passing of my son. Um, mm-hmm. My middle son passed at fifteen, and it was very tragic for me. This uh, past Saturday made four years. And for me, it was a journey. after his passing, no one told me that an unexpected passing was a traumatic experience. No one told me that the grief that I felt was traumatic. There was no one that really informed me of the trauma that I had went through. But what was recommended to me was to get a therapist, lean into a community support group or a um, faith-based community, which was all good foundations, but no one said how it affects the heart. I later learned, too, that I had broken heart syndrome. I went to a cardiologist. He said, you have broken heart syndrome. It's a real diagnosis. It can be treated with medication. He also said, you have leaky heart valve a leaky heart valve, which is really in the medical terms of that mitral valve regurgitation, um, Mm -hmm. that can happen as well. And he said, or a micro valve prolapse. I might be mixing the two, but it's one of the two um, in terms of leaky heart valve. And he said that, you know, that could be caused by trauma as well. And so what he said was, I need you to start doing the healing. He said, you have to work on your healing or your body will continue to break itself down. He didn't say, "Let me give you medication to heal the broken heart," because he knew what the core of it was from. His thing was, you know, you have to work on that healing journey." And in many ways, he sort of alluded to what Dr. Basil says, "The body keeps score, mm-hmm. or Dr. Gabor Monte talks about when the body says no, but no one was still talking about that yet. It was still like, "I need it more. I need it more." And so I eventually found a therapist. I had to go through four different therapists, which was re-trauma- retraumatizing and just interviewing them. Oh, Because sure. it was like interviewing them. The first therapist, um, she showed no emotion when I told her about my last minutes with my son before they took him away. The second therapist, she said she worked on grief, but she wanted me to write a goodbye letter on the very first visit. Another therapist, she couldn't remember if she ever worked with a parent who lost a child. Mm-hmm. And so it took that fourth therapist who finally said, I see you, I hear you. She leaned in when I told my story. She shed some tears. and She said, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I've never lost a child, but I work with parents who have. We're going to take this one day at a time. So that was the beginning of the therapy. But eventually um, I learned about, you know, I went to the Omega Institute in New York for about a week and rhyme back and I got into like Kundalini yoga and I got into mindfulness and meditation and learning about the silent losses, the driver's self, the survivor self, all these different elements that no one was still talking about. And so um, I got back and I took all of those, those complementary modalities and I incorporated them and I went and got a trauma-informed yoga therapist. I met a chiropractor who talked about the energy of the grief and he talked about um, it sits in the body. So he told mm-hmm. me let's do massage therapy. And that was like the first person to allude to somatic experiencing and somatic embodiment. And so in many ways, I started building a team out and this team led to me learning about integrative medicine. I do want to go back one moment before I... Yeah. Before I got into integrated medicine and even learned about it, it was, I went to Columbia, New York for um, journalism, went to Columbia J School. And um, one of the colleagues from there who was in the entrepreneurship space, I told him that I wanted to help women with their, at the time it was stress, anxiety, emotional eating, um, heart issues, all of this. I didn't call it trauma yet. And I said, you know, we need to have like, you know, nat- natural medicine means conventional and complementary means mm. conventional, all of this. And he's like, oh, that woo-woo stuff? you mean like naturopathic medicine and, and tai chi and qigong and mindfulness and like that's woo wubu i said no it's not you know and so it led me to actually do my research and the journalist in me came out as well and i learned about integrative medicine i learned about the osha collaborative of integrative medicine and how um, it, it merges modern science conventional medicine which are ancient mm-hmm. traditions of medicine and it sees the whole person as mind body spirit environmental and social So I needed that. And so it validated the evidence, what I was doing, and ultimately led to me working on this. But trauma initially was not what I was going to do. It it wasn't until someone said to me, "Um, you know, everything you're talking about is trauma. You know that, right? I didn't even learn about trauma really until I started working on my company. That's when I was able to really wrap it up. Even though I looked for a trauma-informed yoga therapist, it just sounded like I needed one. I still didn't know a lot about trauma yet. Until I started working on it, and that's when I realized there's a lot of disparities in trauma-informed care, culturally competent care, and accessing integrated medicine um, with insurance and without insurance.
0: Wow, that's incredible! D- did it? D- did you know about Bentonville and what's happening in integrative health here and
2: in Whole Health? Yes, before? with Whole Health, I'm super, yeah. super excited about them. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm excited about what they're doing and the research behind it and the new school that they opened up as well. Um, but no, I've actually had a chance to talk with them. Meeting with them again today. Oh, good. And um, yeah, I think there's some, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. So they're, yeah, they're on that pathway as well.
0: Awesome. Now I have to ask: Did you discover them on your own? Did you discover them through Fem Health Founders, through reading about Bentonville, or? It wasn't really until
2: I got into the accelerator wow. I got to learn a little bit more about what was going in here, going on in you know Ar- Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. Excuse me, and that's why I learned about whole health.
0: Wow. And what was that moment like? Were you like?
2: I was like, what? "What's going on here?" <laughs> no, it was really good because I was like, "Wow!" So you know, they you know their term is whole health and in integrated medicine. It's whole health as well, but they don't yeah. you know stand alone with the whole health. So I thought this was really interesting and embodies a lot of what we're already working on. There might be some opportunity for research sure. or working together, even having them as an advisor. So um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and you're right. Medical school broke ground uh, a couple of weeks ago. It is the first. MD school in the world, the first medical school in the world to confer MDs that go through whole health as the That's pathway huge. for training. It's it's that is huge. Fascinating to me that this has never happened mm-hmm. before.
2: It is, it is, and I'll say this too, because um, my chief medical officer, Dr. Lundy, we always talk about this. I'm like, you know, is conventional medicine gonna adopt integrative medicine? Because you have yeah. to nurture the whole person. We can't silo anything. She was like, you know, it may, you know, everyone may not be able to adopt to it. But when I saw that whole health open up the school, it was like, yes, now they're going to have doctors who are actually getting the training early on in the in the whole education component to already start thinking about the whole person from the very get go. So what they're doing is so needed and it is going to allow for integration and adoption for more doctors to be trained to know about Mm -hmm. serving the whole person and not just a part of the person.
0: Yeah. And they're not stopping at education, by the way, they're going further. So the Alice Walton Foundation and Whole Health Institute and the medical school in Washington Regional in uh, Fayetteville, just south of us, and the Cleveland Clinic together are building a transformational healthcare system. Yes. So it'll be fantastic to see uh, how that turns out.
2: It will. It will. Shout out to Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Irina. She's one of our doctors from the Academy of Institute of Health um, Integrative Health and Medicine. So I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wonderful. <laughs> um, What's the most important thing that has happened for you during FemHealth Founders?
2: Oh, every part of it has been the most important. Um, I think this, okay, just around fundraising. Fundraising alone, fundraising is intense. And Mm -hmm. in the program, I learned just how prepared you need to be for fundraising. You know, I went through Techstars and Techstars was good and they gave us a good foundation, but for me, this accelerator took it to the next next level Good. because it was really like, how do you overcome certain biases? You know, you have to have your data. Like, Techstars never talked about the data room necessarily. They, didn't, they, didn't, they just started talking about the data room, I want to say earlier this year, when they saw that founders needed more information on mm-hmm. fundraising. But when we came, like, coming into this accelerator, it was, we learned about the data room. We learned all the things you need to have. Um, also, how every decision is a strategic decision. Like, why are you choosing to launch and, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana. Why are you choosing to have these, these particular clinicians? Why are you choosing to invest money and resources here? It was like every decision. We, when we went through like our financial model, it told the story of where your business is going, you know, where you're going to need help. But it also told the story of you have to be able to answer why this decision. You know, if even your go-to-market strategy, who are your stakeholders? Where's that low-hanging fruit that can really help you when you go to market? So they really made me rethink how we are go to market, when we're going to fundraise, how we're going to um, invest our money and our resources into growing out our clinic. And I didn't get to say this, but Wellness is building the first trauma-informed digital health clinic to provide holistic and integrative trauma care to women. And we provide care delivered through personalized care teams, share group medical appointments, because it's tremendous healing and community and community support.
0: Wonderful. Wow. Uh, that's... That's perfect. And, you know, a lot of fundraisers, or sorry, a lot of accelerators teach you about how to pitch.
3: It's all about
0: pitching. It's well, all about pitching. It's all about the pitches, the fundraising, when in fact there's so much more to fundraising mm-hmm. than that. And then you mentioned, I, I wrote this down because you said every decision is a strategic decision. You're darn right it is at that stage mm-hmm. of the company. Um, <laughs> one decision can fail the company by noon. And that's at 9 a.m., well, 11 a.m., right? And I also love that hearing you talk about go to market in the way that you did. In my opinion, based on my experience of mentoring or coaching or advising more than a thousand entrepreneurs and their companies, that go to market strategy at the earliest stage
2: is good.
0: It, it is. And it's Mo- the vast majority of the time, it's the weakest part of their pitch, the weakest part of their story, the weakest part of, the, of everything mm-hmm. they're doing, and yet it's the most important thing they must do
2: in order to get into the to, market. That's right. You, you can't to get into the, get the market, market. You can't make any money. You can't make any impact. You can't do anything if you're in the market and people know about you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, one last question: If a audience member wants to know more about you or get to know Miss better? How do they do that?
2: Yes, um, we're at www.hellowellmiss.com. So it's a little play on the words, .com. You can visit us there or you can email me, Jennifer with two N's at hellowellmiss.com. So it's Jennifer Ja'Kai Johnson, but Jennifer at hellowellmiss.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Let me introduce you to Meredith Brunette from Bunny, which is a New York City-based company. Meredith, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, what should the Bentonville Beacon audience know about you?
4: Yeah, so I'm Meredith and the co-founder and CEO of Bunny. And at Bunny, we believe everyone deserves a seamless healthcare experience, and we're starting with fertility.
0: Wonderful. Short and sweet. I like it. Hey, share about Bunny then. What's the problem that you solve? Who do you solve it for? I've got some guesses here and how do you do it?
4: Yeah, so like many people, um, I went through the egg freezing process and got thrown into the whole fertility experience. Um, And I think it's pretty surprising. You know, there's 10 million people that are actively in or going to fertility treatment. But I think what people find surprising is it is a very logistically challenging treatment and 50% of people end up dropping out because it's just too hard to actually navigate care. And just to kind of give you a sense of what that looks like, You're often given like PDF documents, like a calendar, you know, from your doctor and told like, here, you know, good luck trying to manage multiple medications and injections and scheduling multiple lab appointments. And it's really hard to understand your data and you don't have all this information in one place. And so really what we're trying to solve for is consolidating all the medical data into one place and then providing interoperability on our platform to patients, providers, and their payers. And then that allows more of a seamless healthcare experience um, in solving some of these logistical challenges for reasons why people drop out of treatment.
0: Oh, wow. So how did you come up with this company? Why did you decide to found it?
4: Yeah. So I was lucky that I worked at an early stage startup called Fern Health, um, And that's where I actually met my two mm-hmm. other co-founders. And so we have kind of a unique power team with a technical co-founder, a product co-founder, and then I have a clinical background. So we were building out early health tech products for, other, for this early stage company. And I was going through the fertility process and was like, why can't we build something like this in a different space? And so that's how Bunny started.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So what is the most important thing that has happened for you and Bunny during FemHealth Founders?
4: Yeah, I think it's just been a great experience to be around other founders and like being able to share like like the ups and downs through the founder process. And I really feel like I found like lifelong friends and, um, colleagues that I can, you know, call or text or message when, you know, things come up and you're trying to like work, navigate being a, being a founder.
0: That's great. I look, I've, I've founded companies, I've run accelerators and living the ups and downs, having somebody who's walking through it alongside you or that's doing it too, is you can't trade that for anything if. If an audience member wants to reach you or learn more about Bunny, how do they do that?
4: Yeah, they can reach me on LinkedIn, Meredith Burnett, or also on the web at bunny.co um, and also on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, thanks. Meredith. I appreciate you coming on the show.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Let me introduce you to Kristen Davidson from Function Feedback, which is based in Siloam Springs, Arkansas. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, uh, what should the Bentonville Beacon audience know about you?
5: Well, I'm a pelvic physical therapist here in Northwest Arkansas. I have a husband and two young kiddos and grew up in the area. So just love Northwest Arkansas.
0: Awesome. So, you, you're originally from here?
5: Yes, I am. I grew up in Gentry.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. Well, then I've got a question I'll ask you in a moment related okay. to that. Talk to me about Function Feedback. What's the company uh, yeah. all about? I mean, what problem do you solve? Who do you solve it for? And how do you do it?
5: Yeah. So, as I said, I've been a pelvic physical therapist for nearly a decade. And in the clinic, we use EMG electromyography biofeedback to help people identify their pelvic floor muscles. The software and technology that most clinics use has been around for over 20 years and it works fine, but there's also a lot of pain points that therapists have. And so years of just conversations with people about their systems and things led me to think, well, you know, is there something better out there? My husband, Blake, is a software developer. Um, mm-hmm. He co-owns Square Six here in Northwest Arkansas. And so, know that there's better technology and things out there. So, we kind of started on this journey of trying to figure that out. So, um, actually brought a device with me cool. to demo briefly for you, along with what whether you're ready or not, you're about to become educated on the pelvic floor. So. Awesome. <laughs> So this is a model of your pelvis. Here's hold the- hold that up so the- yeah, Make sure the
0: camera sees the air. The Great. top
5: of the pelvis here, like when you put your hands on your hips, pubic bone in the front, tailbone here in the back. And then these are all pelvic floor muscles. So men and women have the same muscles, although this is a female model. So these muscles help, whenever I'm explaining to somebody how to use these muscles, a lot of times I'll say, contract like you're trying to stop your urine flow or hold in gas and about half the time people can kind of get it right but then the other half just don't quite get it and there Mm -hmm. are other things that we can do to help people find their pelvic floor muscles but for a lot of people biofeedback can be really helpful and so this biofeedback device here connects to the pelvic floor muscles either externally with the sensors I brought here that are going to go on either side of the anus. Or sometimes we'll use an internal sensor vaginally or rectally to help people use pelvic floor muscles. So it can be really helpful if somebody's having difficulty relaxing the pelvic floor or just trying to use those muscles. So I'm going to stick these here on the anus. So whenever I do this in the clinic, people are like, You're going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> But then by the time we use it, we're good. So, but I'm going to actually place these on your arm. Okay. So that you can demo this biofeedback here. So I'm not going to put them on your pelvic floor. Don't worry. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, this is kind of my prototype for the device I've been working on. So, it, Bluetooth connects to an app on the phone. So you can kind of see. Turn that so the camera can yeah, see know. it
0: it might pick it up.
5: can see, let me put it on a different view here of like a graph so we can kind of see. So oh, cool. if you can kind of move your arm around and you can kind of ah. see how the graph is yep. going up and then relax your arm and it should start to kind of stabilize. Pretty so cool. it can just be really helpful for people, especially who have trouble relaxing the pelvic floor muscles because a muscle that is tight and tense, you can't just say relax and expect them to right. relax. So, people who have pelvic pain or even sometimes people who have incontinence, they think, oh, I just need to do Kegels all the time, but that doesn't actually solve the problem. And so, this can be a really helpful tool for that. So, what I'm working on is just something that can be used more portably and efficiently in the clinic, but then patients can also take it home and use it. So,
0: well, that's very cool. There You're solving is. a real problem. I mean, yeah. I, I've often, I, I've talked with some folks about this stuff before, and I've wondered how you know which muscle yeah, <laughs> right yeah Would you're being told I don't know. Well, statistically
5: so, half of the people who try do it incorrectly, so oh,
0: well yeah there's the answer to the it's question.
5: pelvic floor physical therapy.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, what's the most important thing that you've that's happened to you and your company to, to function feedback during FIM health founders?
5: Wow. Eight weeks was really quick. Uh I can't believe how fast it went, but just for me, it was the mentorship. We had access to a number of mentors just to discuss different areas. You know, there were, there were some key things that I needed to discuss, like with an IP attorney, Mm. just with people with a lot more business experience than I do, because as I said, pelvic physical therapy, you know, I don't have any business experience. And so just being able to get my prototype put together, I'm um, preparing to send it out to pelvic therapists for beta testing. So that was just really pivotal. Just having all of the resources that we had was amazing.
0: Excellent. Well, let me ask you this question, and I've got one more. I'm going to add on. Okay. Um, if if an audience member wants to reach you or yeah. learn more about function feedback, how do they do that?
5: Yeah. So www.myfunctionfeedback.com. That's my website. And there's all my contact info down at the bottom, my social media handles and stuff too. So. Excellent. Yeah.
0: And the last question is, of course, Silem Springs being part of this Northwest Arkansas yes. ecosystem. Will you talk about as a native, how has Bendenville and Northwest Arkansas changed during your life?
5: Yeah, just drastically. I'm, I'm starting to feel like my parents, you know, will drive somewhere and I'll say, oh, well, when I was a kid, that wasn't even there because it's uh-huh. so true. Like, so I grew up in Gentry and then went to undergrad and grad school in Central Arkansas and then lived in the Fort Smith area for a while. So there was a span of about 10 years that I wasn't in the area. And honestly, I don't have a good sense of direction anyway, but just moving back, like, Thank goodness for GPS because I don't know my way around. You know, even coming here today up 112, and then it's like, oh, well, there's Rainbow Curve and, you know, all of these things. So just the growth has been substantial. And, you know, but you'll still see a cow field with hay bales and things right next to like all of these industrial buildings because. Here's these farmers that just don't want to let go of their land yet. Just, you know, the way things have grown so quickly. So that's the biggest thing.
0: It, it is interesting coming from the airport and you see some pet cow pastures. And, yeah. And, and you're right. Then there's some industrial yeah. uh, buildings like, and oh, then you get into town and then you get into downtown. What a cool place. Yeah. And If you haven't been here in a minute, it's changed yes. a lot. It, just in the two years I've been here, I've seen this place sort of remake itself. But I got to tell you, I was having a conversation earlier today with somebody, and if you think the last five years or something, you haven't seen anything yet, the next two years will dwarf oh, yeah. the last five years. If you think about what's opening in this town in just the next two years, the new 350 acre Walmart campus will come online. Uh, Whole Health Institute yeah. will be up and uh, running physically. The new uh, Alice Walton Medical yes, School. Yes, those are both very exciting. And, and running right. The new Peloton building downtown will be open. I didn't even know about we'll that have, one. <laughs> yeah. We'll have some sort of idea what's yeah. happening to the current Walmart campus by then. you have the Quilt of Parts project, Parks project that's going to be well underway. $200 million of new roads and sewer and water underway. There's it's just going to be massive just in the next. Two years. Yeah,
5: it's a lot to keep up with.
0: (laughs) It it is. Well, thank you for sharing about your company and taking a moment to talk about Northwest Arkansas and Bentonville as well. And I appreciate you coming on the show.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Let me introduce you to Megan Doyle from Partum Health, which is based in Chicago. Megan, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, we're excited to have you. Will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourself? What should they know about you?
6: Yeah, so I would say first and foremost, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom, right? I'm a mom who brought my passion for helping families uh, really grow in a way that puts their health front and center. And that's what I'm bringing all of my business skills and passion to. And hopefully we'll be here in Bentonville someday doing that for families here.
0: I would love that. Well, you're doing it through Partum Health. So will you share about Partum Health? What's the problem that you solve? Who are you solvent for? And how do you do it?
6: Absolutely. So at Partum, we're really focused on helping women and families get all of the care they need to navigate fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. We really focus on filling in the gaps. So for a lot of families, they may have a great OB, they see their pediatrician, But there's a whole lot of other health stuff that comes up in this journey that often goes unaddressed. Mm -hmm. So things like mental health, physical therapy, which is often helpful when you're recovering from birth physically, lactation support for feeding. And we work with an amazing group of birth and postpartum doulas as well. And so our aim is really to get all of that care to families in a way that's convenient for them. So we do a mix of in-person care when that makes sense, as well as use a mobile app and virtual health as well. So we're kind of leapfrogging the telehealth and old school and and mashing them up into something that's really designed around the way this generation wants to engage with care.
0: That's very cool. Um, I have to ask, what made you start the company?
6: Yeah, so big part of it was personal experience. So I I led with the fact that I'm a mom Mm -hmm. because that's really what drove my understanding of the problem and my passion to solve it. You know, I had two... Beautiful babies who are now six and eight. So, well, nine, actually one just turned nine. And even though I was in a, a city, so I wasn't in a maternal care desert, which we have a huge issue with that here in the US. I was in a city, had great care for my OB, even had paid leave, which, you know, in this country is a luxury. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, there were still so many needs that emerged during this time. And each time I had to scramble around, text friends, ask my doctor and then find through my insurance. And it was honestly a huge hassle at a time when I was one, exhausted. um, Mm -hmm. And two, I wanted to show up as my best self for my kids and also manage my, you know, my busy career. So it was that personal experience. And then also understanding that it wasn't just me, actually, if you start to look at more broadly, our outcomes around maternal health and the care that frankly is absent for a lot of families today, You know, the U.S. is um, a laggard versus all of our peer nations when it comes to maternal mortality. So we actually have women dying at a rate of 10x, the global leader, when it comes to pregnancy-related causes. And I think that's unacceptable, you know. And a lot of my professional history was working in healthcare, mostly on the consumer side. So I've always had a passion for building healthcare solutions that really work for people and humans. And, you know, this was the perfect area to do that, where there's a huge need, something I'm personally passionate about. And I know that what we're doing at Partum Health is essential for so many families.
0: Wonderful. And so you came to Health Founders. Will you talk about what the most important thing is that has happened for you during Health Founders?
6: Yeah, I mean, this has been an amazing experience. And, you know, when you meet other founders, I think the best thing about it is you build Community, you build knowledge, but also you get your passion kind of buoyed and often reignited by meeting other people who are who are solving different problems but with equal amounts of enthusiasm and excitement. and I think for me i'm I'm luckily at a juncture where we're just in the midst of a fundraise, and I think the support from this group of founders really was instrumental in getting over that. I don't know. It's like a a fear that, you know, are we going to make it? And I think seeing all of the support from these other founders has been so instrumental in us having the confidence to continue building what we're doing at Partum Health. So I don't know if that really quite answered your question, actually. That was
0: perfect. (laughs) I'm doing what you said and just keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, if uh, you, well, let me ask you uh, before I ask the last question, how much are you raising
6: so we're raising a $3 million round. Okay. So we're, we're actually still in the middle of it, but we have our, our lead investors. So that, you That's know, great. getting that lead investor in our, our term sheet for our first price round, you know, is a huge milestone for us. And like I said, having the support of FemHealth founders was an awesome part of, of really achieving that and getting there. So yeah, $3 That's million dollar raise for our seed.
0: Congratulations, that is an important milestone.
6: It's not in the bank yet. So I'm, you know, right. I'm knocking on wood, but yeah, thank you.
0: You'll get there. If uh, last question, if uh, somebody in the audience wants to reach you or learn more about partum health, how do they do that?
6: Yeah. So we're online, of course, at uh, partumhealth.com and our team is really well connected. So if you reach out, if you reach out to hello at partumhealth.com, anyone can funnel an email to me directly, or you can talk to our amazing chief medical officer. If you have clinical questions, my co-founder, we're all super available and always looking for opportunities to partner. Um, and to continue doing the work we're doing and bringing it to more families. So would love to hear from you.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Megan.
6: All right. Thank you.
0: Let me introduce you to Shereen Brown and Asia Barnes from Between, which is based in Atlanta. Welcome to the show.
7: Thanks, James. Thanks, it's great you. to be here.
0: Well, glad to have you. Will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourselves, whatever it is that you'd like the audience to know? Do
7: you yeah. want to go first? You go first. Okay. Well, I'm a Scorpio that likes long walks on the beach. No, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> I am from Atlanta,
3: Guys, Georgia. Guys, if you're listening.
7: <laughs> Born and raised. I take a lot of pride in being a third generation Atlantan. A lot of us are transplants, but I am from there. And I met Asia in college at Georgia Tech, like 10, 12 years ago. We've been best friends ever since. After I graduated, I did a lot of stuff in healthcare and global health, and then decided to take a really big leap with my best friend and build
8: a women's health company. Very excited about it. Wonderful. So I am Asia Barnes to the audience. Very happy to be here. Very important things about me. I'd say also one is that I am born and raised in Atlanta or the Metro Atlanta area for those that are very particular about that. (laughs) Uh, And I am a very proud dog mom. I'm also a very proud wife, recently married. I went to Georgia Tech with as She shared after I graduated, I took a very different career path. I worked in the energy industry, focused a lot on operations and finance. And then Shireen and I did a wonderful accelerator program. Through that, we Decided that it was just really time for us to take a leap and start our business.
0: That is so cool. Well, talk to me about your business. What is Between? That is, you know, what's the problem that you solve? Who's the customer you solve it for? And how do you do that?
7: Yeah. Between helps patients book same and next day gynecology appointments. And we started this company out of a very personal need. So when Asia and I graduated from Georgia Tech, we were having a blast. It was amazing. We were out partying a little bit more. We were having a great time. We were also having more sexual partners than we'd ever had before. But the problem was that we had left Georgia Tech's campus. We had graduated, which meant that we no longer had access to the women's health clinic on campus Mm. that we did when we were students there. And so we were out in the real world with no Real relationship with an OBGYN. And the best thing that we could do was to go to urgent care. And for anybody who's listening, getting a pelvic exam at urgent care is one of the worst things in the whole wide world. Yeah. And we really struggled. We struggled to get gynecological care on our schedule that worked with our bodies. The lead time for OBGYN appointments is on average 40 days if you're an existing patient. It's even longer if you're a new patient. And we didn't want to have to wait that long. And so we decided to build between to make the world a better place and revolutionize women's
0: health. Wow. Very cool. Anything to add?
8: No. um, I think something we're doing is creating the business that we would have loved to use, you know, 10 years ago when we graduated. So that is why we're very focused on convenience, transparency with prices and insurance plans that are accepted. We're really creating a space where someone can go if they do have an urgent gynecology need, or even if it's not urgent, if they just need an annual PAP, then they've been putting it off for a couple months longer than they should. Just a place where you can get in, have Saturday availability if you need to. So that is the world we are creating.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Nice job. What's the most important thing or the most interesting thing that has happened for, each, uh, for you two and for between during FemHealth Founders?
8: So there are a couple things and it'll be very difficult to pick one, but I'd say probably the most impactful thing and the most helpful thing that has happened during the program is, you know, just honestly having the mentors available that can push us, that can kind of broaden our view. Uh, It's very easy as a founder to get caught up in the day-to-day needs, you know, the, the little stuff that is important and must get done, but still doesn't lend itself to scale and just wild growth. And I think being a part of this program, it allows us to, yes, do the things that we need to do in order to run the business, but also uh, take us a step back so that we can make these longer term plans. And I've really, really loved being a part of the program for that, for that reason, as we have so much that's being added to our list that's little that again, doesn't lend itself to that scale.
0: Very cool. Shireen. what about you?
7: Yeah, I would, I would definitely thumbs up, plus one everything that Asia said, and also add that it's been wonderful to be in a group of other founders that are in the trenches, like right along with us. It's really helpful. It's almost like a form of therapy mm-hmm. to be in sessions with these women every single week and to hear about their challenges, to be able to help them problem solve, to share our challenges, bounce ideas off of them. That sense of community is really, really important. And we would not have gotten that, you know, with this particular cohort of founders, stellar founders, if we weren't in the program. And we're really, really grateful for the opportunity.
8: And I'll be honest, I don't think I realized how important that founder community is. I mean, people tell you that, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, okay, you know, when you're comparing community and building a business, I always felt like building the actual business is the number one through five most important things we need to do. But doing this program and being around founders that are really doing it has shown me how valuable it really is to have that network and to be able to learn from other people and if nothing else, to be able to recognize that you are not alone and you are doing a great job, or maybe you're not doing a great job and they'll give you some ideas to help you out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's very much underappreciated until you've experienced it, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that if you know, you know. If you don't, well, go find out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a lot more fun raising companies alongside other people who are raising companies. Last question. If somebody in the audience wants to reach either of you or learn more about Between, how do they do that?
7: Yeah, you can visit our website, www.between.health. You can email us at hi at between.health and we are also on Instagram and TikTok at, at betweenhealth.
8: You can also call us uh, but I have not memorized our company number. <laughs> I have it. <laughs>
7: it's 470-815-8543.
0: Excellent rescue. <laughs>
8: yeah right that's what she's good for.
0: <laughs> Shereen, Asia thank you all so much for coming on the show. Thank, thank you. you. Let me introduce you to another one of the three co-founders of FemHealth Founders, April Roy. April, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you for having me, James.
0: Anytime. Will you share with our audience more about the what the women who went through FemHealth Founders the past eight weeks, what they went through?
3: Oh man, the past eight weeks has been pretty awesome. We've really built a community with our founders. They've been able to uh, not only get feedback from speakers we've invited or just programming in general. But I think what they've gotten the most out of is just that peer-to-peer community to be able to just have open and honest conversations with people who are also building femtech women-led health companies as well.
0: Great, that's always so important. What would you say is the most important or the most inspiring thing that has happened with Fim health founders or with the portfolio companies and their founders?
3: I would have to say us being able to even be at this point to say we have founders to go through our programming. I think our biggest inspiration is just having this community in Bentonville, in Northwest Arkansas, supporting our vision to help women-led companies. So I think that I would say have to be one of the most inspiring things because again, it got us to this point to say we have founders to be able to come out of this accelerator and just hopefully hit some of the milestones they were looking to hit.
0: That is, you know, this very hashtag, I'll call it Northwest Arkansas or, or hashtag because Bentonville that folks yes. see the vision and I imagine immediately we're on board and said, let's figure out how to do it.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah,
0: so speaking of hashtag because Bentonville, Of course. Before we wrap up this show, will you share a hashtag because Bentonville story? And that would be a a moment in time or a full-fledged story that something happened where you looked at it and thought, you know, that could only happen in Bentonville. Or maybe it describes the essence of this place.
3: So as a founder myself, Mm -hmm. I would say my hashtag because of Bentonville story would be when I first visited Northwest Arkansas. I was here for a boot camp. We got invited to the momentary. Mm -hmm. It was opening night. I did not know what to expect or what it was going to be about. Again, we're in Northwest Arkansas in Arkansas. So when I say it was Brooklyn in Arkansas, Uh I feel like someone got a piece of New York and placed it in Bentonville. So if you ever want to feel like you're in the city, you can definitely go to the momentary and feel like you're in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Well, thank you again, April. Thank you to you and to Natalie, Natalie Hsu and Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Pringer for founding FemHealth Founders. You know, as we close up this episode, uh, I also want folks to know that we released another FemHealth Founders episode earlier this week, and it did have Natalie Hsu, who you won't see in this show today. And it's a more full-fledged episode talking about FemHealth Founders specifically, the origin story, and and why these three women felt compelled to build this organization and to build it here and and what they're doing, the the more full story. So I can't wait to see these founders that we had on today and their stories again. I I, I can't wait for folks to have, have viewed these. And I can't wait to see them grow. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited
3: to see where they'll be next year and how FemHealth founders played a role into helping them get there.
0: Yeah, you bet. Well, hey, in closing, thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Without you, this show would not be possible. Please keep coming back and and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Check out BentonvilleBeacon.com to see all of our episodes and to learn more about the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville and about this place, Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Thanks, we'll see you next time.